This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Playing slow, so we're playing through. Hosted by Bob Ballou and Carl Nicholson. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Play the famous Texas Triangle. Championship golf at its finest. Horseshoe Bay Resort. Good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas. And welcome inside another edition of Playing Through. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. I'm Bob Ballou. Good morning. I'm Carl Nicholson. Great to be with you, Bob. I have a feeling this hour is going to move rather quickly. I think that's fair. I was trying to come up with where we start. Um, Chad Hastings sent us an email this week, just kind of outlining the weekend shows. And he said, hey, golf show, if you guys need any additional content, let me know because I know things are slow for you. Uh, nice little, Nice little sarcastic jab at what's been going on. Um, we're going to get into a lot of different things. I think that when Roy McElroy, you know, it was one of those things where I, we were kind of joking before the tournament. We were like, Roy McElroy is either going to shoot 107 under or 107 over um, because the set. And then, and then he was one under on, on day one. Like the way, the, the way these things go, you just don't, you don't ever know how guys are going to respond, but Rory and Justin Rose were supposed to play with Webb Simpson Webb had to withdraw because of an illness, and guess who's sitting right there on the doorstep? Your Austinite and mine, Omar Uresti, uh, ready to roll with those guys. So everybody was kind of kind of wondering why Omar was in a group with Rory and Justin Rose. That was the reason Webb Simpson had to drop out, uh, had to withdraw because of an illness. So um, I'm sure an interesting experience for Omar that we will definitely have to hear from him about. But Carl, I, I I don't I don't know where you start any of this. I don't know where you even begin. We only have an hour, so we got to dive right into it. I don't know if it's with Jimmy Dunn saying he wanted to kill people. I don't know if it's with uh, uh, Rory saying he hates live. I don't know if it's with uh, you can go a, a bunch of different ways. Where do you want to start? I think we just have to start with with the visceral emotion of it all, right? I I I, I think everybody's going to feel differently about this. I've talked to people who said they don't want to watch spectator golf anymore. Or they're just going to focus on their own games, their friends' games, and and they're just fed up with professional sports. Some of the same catharsis people have had with the NFL and the NBA for different reasons. Do people, uh, do people really do that? I, I, I some have. I I I I think there's some extremists. I'm a lifelong sports fan like you. If, if if there if there is a sports ball being flung through the air in in some manner, you're going to get my kind of Pavlovian head jerk and 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 get some of my time. It it, it just is, you know. I mean, everything from a three year old soccer match on up to the the Super Bowl is probably going to distract me at at, at some primal level. But no, but I, yeah, but no, I, I think 
the the emotion and and the the through line that that I've seen through just talking to the every every man and and just kind of sifting through text conversations and things is there's kind of a sadness about this. Not so, you know. I I think there's a good good percentage of us that are here for the circus, excited to see things like Bryson DeChambeau going ill advised talking about nine uh, eleven on 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 a non golf news entity. I I think I and I think we're we're queued up for you know another three dozen of these things. So we haven't even gotten to Greg Norman's reaction to whether or not he still has a job or not. We, there's so many things up in the air, and and, and that's the caveat I don't want to make for this hour of conversation about the unification of the PGA Tour, the Public Investment Fund, and the DP World Tour is there's so much we don't know. A lot of people are saying things definitively this week, which which really surprises me. And doubling down on on things that they, that, that they said before, and how this proves other things, I don't know what any, what has been proven other than other than the over the long shadow that's been cast over this is that money always wins, money always prevails, and I think that makes some people sad. I think that makes some people feel validated. I think that empowers others, um, but. I, it's hard to look past that. I mean, obviously there's ramification after ramification and, and you could just go down the top 500 players on, on the world ranking at the, and look how it affects them differently. Uh, but that, that was kind of, that's my main, you know, just in a nutshell and I'll kick it back to you. Takeaways. How many people were just bummed out that this is, this is the end of an era American golf might not feel like American golf anymore. And again, the PGA tour was trending global anyway. I mean that, that that's been going on for a while, uh, but it it feels like a bit of an identity crisis at the, the beginning of one at least, and that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people. You can get in, into the the beats of how things transpired and, and the Jimmy Dunn part and the, how Jay Monahan fits all, into all this, which I I just find to be the most bizarre of all. You know, from everything he said for the past three years. For us to be at this point is wholly surreal. It just is. It is totally surreal. There are so many names that you just brought up that I don't want to gloss over as right. this hour. And I think that's going to be really a really difficult challenge. Um, because I have a lot of thoughts on a lot of those people. I have a lot of thoughts on Jay Monahan. I have a lot of thoughts on Bryson DeChambeau's interview. I have a lot of thoughts on what Rory had to say. I have a lot of thoughts on what Jimmy Dunn had to say. And I and I really want to try to specify each one of their their interviews right. um i'll probably go a different direction on a lot of this stuff than many of the people you've talked to and probably what you would expect from me um okay. i do believe watching okay let's start with i'm gonna start with rory mcelroy i was gonna start with jay monahan but i want to start with rory mcelroy it, I, it, it, I, I, like that, I like that you're starting there because that that was the main that was really kind of if if you're watching an ensemble cast drama, that's the that, that's the character in the movie that that I wanted to see the camera turn to the most. It's a pivotal pivotal role in this, but both in in how these things have played out, what he's done, what he's done, taking the tour on his back for the past year, and how he how he plays into the whole drama of this thing. He, he called himself a sacrificial lamb, and I don't know that there could have been a better term that you could use for. Roy McElroy in the last year. I, I think we've talked numerous times on this show, but to watch him 
over the last year, year and a half, totally go all in on the PGA Tour, said he never received an offer from Liv Goff, um, to, to hear a, an, an anonymous Liv exec say what he said about Rory, about uh, nobody wants him on, the, nobody even wants him on Liv, nobody wants him on a team because he's such a little B word. Um, I, I think all of those things are totally unnecessary. I, I don't know that I love Rory, you know, Rory saying I hate Liv and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't love that, but like he, at least he's genuine and at least he's honest and he's been that way from day one. Um, I think it's atrocious for Rory McIlroy for what's what he's done for the last year and a half for, for him to be the guy that stepped up at all times was in front of the camera, defending the PGA tour, then went out and played his ass off. By the way, he's the number three ranked golfer in the world. He is still that good. Now I understand he hasn't won a major. That's fine. He's still that good. A golfer that he had all of this on his shoulders and he went out and won tournaments and was top 10 in tournaments and played unbelievable golf for the last year and a half. The more upset he seemed to get, the better he seemed to play uh, late last year. I was, I'm really disappointed for Rory in the sense that he was the one that decided I'll be the, I'll be the leader. I'll be the spokes guy for this. And everyone just, Uh, It all just kind of came crashing down on him. Now, all that said, for him to say, I believe the players who didn't jump to live should be compensated for not jumping is outrageous. And I'm going to try to – I'll get through this quick because I want to get your response on a lot of the things I'm saying. I hope you're kind of remembering some of the stuff I'm saying, but – but but the way I put this was this. I, I don't think anyone deserves anything from anyone in this. And and that that's not – Rory wasn't going to get anything in what he was saying. So this wasn't about him. He was talking about other guys that stayed on the PGA Tour that didn't jump to live to take the $100 million, $300 million, $500 million. They keep saying that the players who were loyal to the PGA should get paid. No, they shouldn't. Because in the end, this is a business. The guys who left took the risk. When you go into the stock market, you don't get to go back on something because you didn't take the risk. These guys took the risk. They jumped to live. The guys who didn't jump got stabbed in the back. They got brutally treated by, by what these guys did and in, in not telling them anything that was going on. But this is what happens in the business world all the time. Is it fair? No, of course not. But it's the world we live in. It's the business world we live in. Rory and others say all these guys should be, uh, there should be consequences for these guys, penalized, suspended, or whatever. But then he also, he he didn't go, so then he thinks they should be, I, I just, it's not logic. It is, it's the world of business. It's the way it works. Now, the other part of this, and, and again, there are a lot of details on this that still aren't really out there, Carl. If we're going to still have these two separate entities, there's going to be a live golf and there's going to be a PGA tour. However, they decide to do this. If they are, I don't separate, know that. if they're yeah. separate, you know, there were, there was talks this week that John Rom was ready to jump, that he was going to go to live now. And they say, some of the guys have said, now we can go get Hideki Matsuyama and John Rom and they can come play on the live tour. So if, 
if those guys are going to go, they're going to go. And maybe they still get their $400 million or $500 million that they were going to get originally. But I just don't think we go back on the I, – I didn't like Rory's idea that we go back and just give these guys a bunch of money. In the end, though, I do think Rory was the sacrificial lamb, and it's really unfortunate because he really stuck his neck out for a tour that then stabbed him in the back. I think it's brutal, yeah. And it's, it's more a Jay Monahan, Rory McIlroy issue. You're right. Rory was stabbed in the back. He was made a sacrificial lamb. He did make his decision. Like he said, I mean, how many of us would like to go back to 1994 and buy Apple stock? You know, Uh, right. That's that's exactly it. That might feel more fair to us, right? You know, fair with giant, the giantest air quotes you can fathom, you know, but yeah. So, so for Rory, you feel for him, but again, these are business decisions. These guys took colossal risks took it right on the face, right on the chin, in the media for two years straight, persona non grata in, in many ways. Um, Colossal, Carl. I think that's the right word. Colossal risks. This yeah. was everything about the rest of their career, their legacy, their the definition of who they will be. That's that's the best word, colossal. And they, and they lost a lot. They sacrificed a lot. Phil Mickelson might never be a TV commentator, might never be a writer cup captain won't won't in the in the public opinion probably look, look the same for, uh, to a lot of people just in the court of public opinion now, you don't take away those six majors and the 40 plus wins on tour um that stands that makes him a legend in that sense but uh but so, so yeah so again it, it's business uh th- this is just so unexpected the way it transpired a, cu- a couple of lunches and a round of golf and and, and you make the, the most seismic shift in the history of, of the game you know it, it's you know and okay yeah the the obvious is there the, the saudis were not going to be denied entrance into a major sport that that they feel has global gro- growth opportunities so uh, at some point, somebody's going to write the ultimate book. It's probably going to be a John Feinstein or a John Feinstein type, or maybe in the next generation, a Shane Ryan, who's going to go beat by beat and figure out how Jay Monahan misplayed this step by step by step by step for the probably more than the past five years. There's so much that's going to come to light. It just tells you there was something heavy coming in this litigation where this had to happen so swiftly, so unexpectedly. With so little discussion, I don't even. It's interesting that you know so many of the conversations this week led to. Can they even do this? Is a commissioner of of a PGA tour of a sports league deputized to go ahead and make a global multi 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 billion dollar deal without consulting anybody? That was that was a it's a it's a hell of a point. Does he does he even have access to the button? I mean. Uh, yeah, he's the commissioner, but he he's not the owner of the PGA Tour by by any means. I mean, they, which, I, they which I think is which I think is a good transition to the next person we need to talk about because it was not in my mind in the end about Jay Monahan. This had nothing to do with. I mean, not nothing to do with. He was one of the guys in the room, so obviously, no, he's a cog in the wheel. Yeah, he's he's a necessary. Yeah, he's a necessary. But how, but how much of a sacrificial lamb was Jay Monahan for this? Because I don't think the original conversation he wasn't even involved in it. So then he has to go answer all these questions about something he may not have even agreed with, because in the end, I think this was more Jimmy Dunn than it was Jay Monahan. And so as much as everybody was ripping Jay Monahan, and understandably so, right. it, it may not even really have come down to him as much as it did Jimmy. Well, I, but, but you have to think, too, if the two 
Brett had, had been a little more judicious and transparent about what they're, you know, functioning as a nonprofit, but having a war chest of, I, I'm not going to get into the numbers. Every time you say the numbers, you know, being from, you know, the hundreds of millions into the billions, people want to argue you know, and, and quibble over the semantics of how much it is and how much it might be. And none of us know. We were going to find out in, dis- in discovery if, 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 if the court case would, 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 would have gone on. But you're you're right about Jimmy Dunn. He becomes the most. I don't even know if you call it a tragic. You know, that's the that's the that's the other mind boggling thing is we're humanizing this as if they're guys like us. They're all billionaires. I, I don't think we've mentioned anybody that's not going to go into their grave at some point as a billionaire. Roy McElroy included, probably Jay Monahan included after this point. Uh, so it, it's it's almost surreal that we're we're humanizing and saying there are winners and losers. They're all they're all freaking winners. <laughs> Even the ones that are that are feeling betrayed and outraged right now are pretty freaking big winners at this point. Uh, and, I, and I think we've done yeah, probably the most tragic figure, but because how, how do we come to know Jimmy Dunn? His story of losing all of his colleagues, be, be, being at, at a mid-am qualifier the, the, the day that 9-11 hit his building, and he wasn't in the office that day. And we, we, we've we heard so many docudrama-style stories about who Jimmy Dunn is and how he's become a power broker and, and why he's a sentimental figure and why if he was going to be, become the chairman at Augusta National that that, that live, live players weren't, weren't going to get to play because he was so adamant against anything Saudi, any, any, anything that, you know, is emblematic of, of being a perpetrator of 9-11. So for him to be the central figure in this is just so cinematic and, and, and bizarre and, and beyond any sort of logical comprehension that, yeah, you kind of do have to start there, Bob. You do have to try, try to get your head around how it how does Jimmy Dunn get to his from what his public image was his origin story to this week? What the hell? And and I think I, let's get into Jimmy Dunn and Jay Monahan in our second segment. I, I think that's a that's a good direction to take this. I want to finish up on the players in this segment because in the end, Rory's the one. You know, I mean, he's the one that was out in front of all of this. But when you flip over to the live side of it, and you see. Bryson DeChambeau's interview with CNN was not nearly as bad as what I thought people were making it out to be. Um, he was caught off guard, but sure. Yeah, yeah I, I thought he was a little caught off guard, but I, I didn't – I wasn't just, like, baffled by what he was saying. And for people, like, he stumbled through it. I didn't think he stumbled through it. I, I thought he gave good thoughts. I thought he was really trying to think through the – and that's where we are today, by the way, in everything that we do. You can't say the wrong thing ever. And especially if you're in an interview like that, because that's the only clip, the three seconds of what you say wrong will be played for the rest of your life. So I think he is very conscious in that interview of what he's trying to say, what he's, what point he's trying to get across. And I do believe all of these people are um, that their hearts and their emotions are brought to tears or brought to something by thinking about the nine 11 families, the people that we lost everything that goes into, you know, the Saudi backing of live golf of the PIF of now the overseeing all this tour. Um, I thought Rory McIlroy looked totally defeated in his interview on Wednesday. I thought he was, he just looked like someone who had everything ripped away from him that he had worked for, for a long time. And he, you even heard him at times say, I mean, he, he said, you know, Jay Monahan 
is hypocritical. He said some of the things you wanted to hear him say, but he also said, I think this is, I can see why these guys think this is best in the long run. I can see why this is happening. I can see what's, what's going on here. And, and I do understand the position Jay Monahan was in. And to be honest, when Rory said kind of def- almost defended Jay to a point, it kind of made me in my mind say, this has nothing to do with Jay Monahan. I, I really like, I, I really think in the end, as mad as those guys were at Jay, again, not nothing to do with Jay. I keep saying nothing. That's too dramatic. That's too going too far, but it had very little to do with Jay at, in terms of it actually had more to do with the the deal that was brokered between Jimmy Dunn and and H E as everybody calls him on the on the Saudi side, um, right? I, I just like there's you're never going to have a good answer for the for the nine eleven United families and you and and that's again it goes back to kind of something what Rory was saying it's just the reality of this he, he's like I've just come to terms with it it's just the reality of what it is if you want to play golf at the highest level and and everybody that's in this on both tours does. All three tours, all of those people want to play golf at the highest level. Well, now it's backed by Saudi money, and none of them are dropping out. You don't see any of them giving their cards up. You don't see any of them going on strike. You don't see any of them leaving the game, starting their own tour, doing something. To, and and I, I don't think we will. I think this is the reality of a lot of different sports, soccer, F1, golf now. There are a lot of international sports that now have some of that backing. And by the way, there's a lot of Saudi money in the U S in different forms. And you and I have talked about this on the show. That's right. I mean, you do things in your daily lives. You don't even realize are, are, are run by that. So, so to, to feel that way for the players, to feel that way about everything that's going on is I think fair. Okay. I want to get your take on that. When we come back, we're, we're up against a break. Um, and we do, we, we are very privileged, Carl, I think to be able to have these discussions, to be able to do this show um, and, and we do it with uh, Horseshoe Bay Resort as our sponsor and, and leading the way for us in, in this show. And, um, you know, it's today, was it yesterday? I guess it was yesterday. It finally hit a, a ridiculous temperature. And now we're just, it, we're into summer. And there's only one way to cool off, right? I mean, there, it's it's one of the best ways to cool off is go get the big inflatable, uh, get your own uh, pool, get out on the lake, right? I mean, we've got, there are all kinds of, of uh, things that Horseshoe Bay offers that are unique and give your family something to do. Yeah. And and with all the rain we've had, I don't know that, that the amenities there, the landscaping, the golf courses obviously have ever looked as vibrant, you know, you're you're coming out of the past five years of renovation and, and, and the agronomy team, they're really just getting that place to world-class level. I mean, if, if the PGA tour or, you know, the, the, Southern Texas PGA or USGA or any other entity called Anthony Holder and said, Hey, we need to hold, hold an event next week. Horseshoe Bay's got it. I mean, the place is, is just in pristine condition right now. It, yeah. If you get the opportunity to go do a stay and play out there, it's so well worth it. It's such a cool experience just to be out there and disappear from life out there on the Texas Hill country for, for a couple of days. It, it's, it's a great thing. It really is. And we encourage you to do that. HSBresort.com to make your reservations. HSBresort.com to make your reservations. All right. When we come back, much more talk as we continue our, our PIF Live PGA DP World Tour conversation. Uh, this is The Horn, and you're listening to Playing Through, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort.
Another good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas, and welcome back inside another edition of Playing Through right here on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. I, I felt I felt a little bad kind of finishing up the segment the way I did because we were up against a break and I was trying to get this point out. I don't want it to be misconstrued. I don't want it to be um, – I get it. I understand why 9-11 Families United is upset. I understand – I understand why this is hard for the players, why it's hard to wrap your head around um, all the Saudi money that is backing your your company now, like what you play for, the reason you do this. Um, I think it's hard to distinguish between what to do about it and how to continue to play at the highest level of golf. What do you do if you're a player? What, how, how, do, how do you respond to this? Do you just quit the game and go get a job doing something else? Like that's not – that's not really a reality, I don't think, for many guys. I guess they could. I mean, they, they make a lot of money. They've made a lot of money in their life, but that doesn't seem like very realistic. So there's not really a good answer to any of this, and I think that's why guys have a hard time answering the questions, why Bryson DeChambeau tried to give the best answer that he could uh, in the moment. Um, Jay Monahan struggled just the same. Jay Monahan struggled, absolutely. Uh, we heard Jimmy Dunn talk about – if there's anybody involved with the PIF that had a direct influence on 9-11, I'll go kill them myself. Like, I, I don't, I can't even like fathom. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, he's obviously, was, he was more involved in 9-11 than anyone. Um, sure. But, but it, it's only just begun to get weird, Bob. And you touched on something that I won't say I disagree with. It's just, I don't know the possibility that there might not just be some kind of effort at some point in 2023, 24, 25 for someone with the mentality of a Bob Parsons, a PXG who just refuses to do anything that looks remotely complicit with uh, Middle Eastern or specifically Saudi, Saudi money. He won't endorse players. He, he won't, he won't endorse any live players. Um, if the whole PGA Tour goes that way, what is where it? does all that PXG money go? How many more Bob Parsons are there that go, screw it. I'll start my USFL. I might lose everything I have, but I, but here's, here's a place people can play without the shadow. Uh, you know, there, there's one sense of, yeah, we all buy gas. We all buy consumer goods. We all do banking with companies that probably, if you follow the money, lead, lead to the Saudis. Either you reconcile with that or there's this altruism in you that says, I never will. I'll only buy made in the USA clothing. I'll only do this and this and this and this because it's it it shrouds me in red, white, and blue. Um, and again, that might not be the only motivation for there to, there to be another tour for these guys to plan. And I don't know that that's the answer and I don't know that it'll happen, but anything's possible at this point. Yeah, anything's possible. I just, I, you know, and and... And again, if if they go to another another direction and Rory leaves, who follows him? What guys leave this? You know, you're not going to have enough guys. I don't think you're not going to have enough guys that have the the right. I don't know if the right morals is the right word, but the right um, conviction about that to leave. And especially now, yeah, especially now. So I don't know. I, I think that part of this is the toughest part of this. I wouldn't be surprised at some point if somebody leaves and says, I'm just not going to do it. I, I can't 
you know, I, I just can't do it. May, and maybe it is Rory. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's somebody big like that. I have no idea. The competitive fire to want to play in the biggest events and be a part of the biggest tour and be in all the majors, I think sometimes it's overwhelming for those guys. And that's their competitive fire is too much for them. But, um, you know, I mean, Rory's got enough money. He doesn't need – he has nothing left to prove other than he could win another major. But, I mean, like, at this point, you know, it's been nine years. Um Rory could leave. He could if, if he's really that upset about it, and and rightfully so. Again, if he leaves, good for him. Um, he doesn't seem that upset about it. I just, I, I just the word I used was defeated. He just looked totally defeated. Like it's just my reality now, and I just have to accept it, and I have to learn to deal with it, and we have to move forward, and we all want to move forward, and I get that. But there's so much tied into not just nine eleven. Uh, Khashoggi. I mean, everything that's gone on with 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 the Saudi government. I mean, it's just there's just I, I, that layer of it is the impossible one to me. There's no there's no good answer for the nine eleven Saudi backing all that stuff. Like, there's just not a good answer, and a lot of those guys don't care about it. All those guys that went to live didn't care about it, and that's that's their right. They have the right to do that. They're going to continue to get asked about. Saudi money and 9-11 and those type of things. And they've got to have an answer ready for it. But um, let's, let's get into Jay Monahan and Jimmy Dunn a little bit, because like I said, in the first segment, Carl, I, I don't, I, I think about Jay Monahan. I mean, by day three, he looked defeated. Some of the answers, right. he was giving, I mean, he, he looked as, as exhausted as ever. He should be. I mean, he, I'm sure he didn't sleep at all through this. Um, what did you make of Jay and Jimmy and and that room, those three guys making this deal behind the backs of the players to not tell Rory McIlroy, who who basically went to bat for everything that they stood for. I understand there needs to be secrecy. Um, that that kind of bent, that that bent me the wrong way. That that kind of I, I felt like even if it was just Rory or Rory and a, and a handful of guys, you could have said you could have been secretive with them and let them know first before it got out just that you could have let some guys know first but we're we're in a 24-hour news cycle we're in the social media age nothing's (laughs) the three people's probably about the tightest circle you you can have right Uh, once it gets to four it's probably not a secret anymore once it once it gets to six it's almost assuredly not going to be one um yeah so those are good questions but but again I really do not have my head around. Again, we talked about it. How is how does how is Jay Monahan authorized to make those decisions without including including the policy board, without include including some board of directors on the PGA tour uh, that that could have that could have some additional say. It that's why this feels and and not to in, invoke drama here, but. It just feels sort of at gunpoint. It feels like it feels like, and I could be naive. I could just be speculating. It just feels like the PGA Tour had no other alternative, whether it was the course of the litigation was going or the economic realities of the tour. Everything they've been chasing to try to try to keep up in the arms race and outspend or spend on the level of live. I think some realities got painted, whether they were first presented to or by Jimmy Dunn. But I, I think Jay Monahan was faced with 
a reality that says that we don't act now, the PGA Tour could not immediately crater, but probably be swallowed. And and it was a way to stave off the inevitable. You use the equity, the legacy that that the tour has had all, all these years, and still maintain some of that without this basically becoming the premier golf league overnight, and people just having to fall in fall in line with a new new regime. I agree. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's as much as I can speculate. Again, what I said in the first segment. I don't know anything definitively. This my mind is still through. You know, what four four days later or five days later, spinning over all this news. It it, it it's hard to make sense of this. I mean, if you look at the central figures from Jay Monahan, who, who's who's railed against uh, the public investment fund and and live golf and 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 as, as petty as it's gotten at times, as strategic as it's been. It's the most monumental 180, obviously, in the history of this sport. But, I mean, if, if anything has helped, helped happen this dramatically, it was in soccer or, or, or cricket or something that I don't follow on, on a regular basis. Uh, or was the AFL-NFL, which was right before I was born. So I, I, I don't, I've never seen anything this seismic happen this quickly. They just don't. I mean, there's always lawyers involved. There's always... Boards of advisors, policy boards, they bicker about this in boardrooms for months, for years. This happened over two lunches and a round of golf. It's surreal. It is. Um, it's it's totally surreal. Um, <laughs> it's funny when you get in these conversations, your mind has a hundred different things that you're trying to. It goes, it goes all over the place. I mean, we haven't talked about Brandon Streamley. We haven't talked about Phil Mickelson. We, we haven't talked about, do you let Patrick Reed back on the tour without him dropping his litigation it's or is this or is everything just a clean slate now you talked about rory being disappointed but rory also st- still said there was still the tg is a tgl the, the joint venture with tiger woods and he yeah, yeah tomorrow golf or you know, all all those things still seem like they're intact yeah and, it, and it's, to be it's honest interesting all- to me how, how definitively he was saying the there's definitely going to be some team golf coming to, to the PGA Tour. We're going to, we're going to uh, uh, take the, take what Liv tried to do and, and legitimize it under the umbrella of the P. Are we sure about anything at this point? That's that's the whole point to, I think, everything involved with this. We, we really don't know, know absolutely nothing about what this will look like. We have no idea – Live golf may stay and be its own thing forever. The PGA Tour may stay and be its own thing forever. They may just be all under the same umbrella so that they could play on the majors. We don't have to have this tension between tours anymore, whatever whatever word you want to use. I still think there's going to be tension. Roy talked about hating live. Um, talk about how he hopes it and goes it, away. And I think you can hate live. I think you can hate live and be reconciled with what what, what Jimmy Dunn got, got Roy to be reconciled with. And that's the public investment fund the saudis won't 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 be denied but i i think live has so long been symbolic of not wanting to play fairly not just wanting to disrupt not wanting to to bring things together and again it's a very complicated issue because you feel like uh, there should be a free market there should there should be a a space for multiple tours to try to exist it's just I don't think any either side likes how either side has, has gone about any phase of how, how the last three plus years have gone. And it just feels dirty and, and, and bewildering. And 
just too much. I mean, we we just want to enjoy golf at the highest level, and and so and in so many ways, we're still getting it. That 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 that's the that's the most hopeful part of this is that the level of play, like you said, even Rory's play, uh, has just gone on. The, the the young players that are coming on, you're 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 seeing you're seeing you know rookies win on tour. You're seeing guys win for the first time on tour. It's still a fertile ground. We just got through the NCAA championships. Great golfers are coming. It, it's 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 the healthiest the tour's been ever in multiple multiple generations. And so there's a lot to be positive and optimistic about. And and, and you can acquiesce and say i could see how how one of the wealthiest entities in in the globe would want to get involved in this it's a good product it is and the the only only thing that isn't really a good product is is live so so in my mind and again there's nothing to even speculate on because because we we could all be right as fast as we could be wrong and i don't think it's about being right or wrong at this point it's just absorbing this and, and watching it unfold I, I in my mind, Lib was just such a mediocre product. It, it, it was a A plus plus disruptor, but as a product, I I I don't see the need for it to to move on. But well, and maybe, and two points to what you made. There are already reports out that there are companies reaching out to Live Golf to start sponsoring them. ESPN and Fox both reached out to start showing their tournaments, but we don't know what their tournaments are going to look like. We don't know what the PGA is. We don't know what any of this is going to look like. But ESPN and Fox were both yeah. heavily involved, wanting to be a part of this. The other part of this, and you mentioned his name, Carl, is that I wrote on when this all broke. I don't even know what day it was now. Was it Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning? Um, whenever it broke, uh, that Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson had to be laughing hysterically as all of this happened. And I just mean that yeah. maybe not laughing hysterically, but they had that, you know. Eat that that grin on their face of like, we made this happen because we wanted the PGA Tour to be a better product. The PGA Tour was taking all the money and not giving us any of it. So we went somewhere where they'd give us the money. Now the PGA Tour sees that and they, they're basically copying everything Live Golf is doing. Those two guys had to feel so vindicated, even if their legacies, especially Phil, but uh, Greg too. And even if their legacies are ruined and people look at them as whatever they look at for the rest of their lives, they are the two people more than anyone else. Uh, maybe, maybe a, well, the Saudi money's in there somewhere. But the two guys that made this happen more than anyone else did, and that, in so many ways, that is what their legacy will end up being. And now, they're obviously, we're both great golfers, but but so many people will always associate them with making all of this happen, whether they feel that was a bad thing or a good thing. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they, they disrupted the PGA Tour. They 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 took, you know, if you trace the tour back to 1968, obviously they were playing professional golf under the PGA of America for decades before that, for, for most of the 20th century. But, yeah, they fought against everything they thought was inequitable and unfair about the structure of the PGA Tour and how revenue was split. And they sort of made lightning strike the PGA Tour headquarters, and and it's forever different. It's forever changed, and they were instrumental in that. You could say they were pawns in it too. I mean, they, they, as, as much as they were instrumental, they they were also they were also puppets too. I mean, so it's it's a very complicated matter. I mean, I I, I think they knew that what they were getting into. I I, I think they. Uh, 
acquiesced that the, that the money was enough and the money was the right motivation. And it was, it was enough to uh, sort of validate all the righteous indignation they had against the tour about being stars on tour and not really getting the share in, in the riches that they helped bring, you know, you know, it's interesting that, you know, I'm ready for Tiger Woods to make a statement because he he's a, he's a guy that certainly could have felt that way, obviously benefited, you know, and, and again, it's almost like you need, um, you know, the, 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 the brother from succession to say, you know, to sort of be the the righteous guy that says, I'm not motivated by money. And, and, and if I, but if I have to ask you about money, how much is enough? Yeah. How much of a billionaire do you need to be from, from smacking a ball, a ball around a pasture? I mean, how, how much is, is necessary? Well, you know? it's, that's to, and to your point, we got to take a break here, but to your point, we got into this with uh, Lionel Messi's decision this week to go to enter Miami and yeah, yeah, you know, you don't know exactly what his numbers are going to look like because he's getting shares of the Apple uh, MLS thing. He's going to get ownership share, whatever he gets. But he turned down in the end a $1.6 billion offer to go to Barcelona for three years. And he's worth $130 million is what what the Internet says or, you know, whatever the number is. Um, but to give someone $1.6 billion and you turn it down, there has to be a reason. And you talk about what, how much money is enough. Well, for some people, not, not nothing's enough. For some people, right. they're content with where they are and they're happy with where they are, and whether they're trying to do more or not, uh, that that's a different that's a different idea. But okay, we'll get into the other on the other side of this uh, quick break. We come back. This is playing through on the horn. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Segment of playing through brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort right here on the Horn. Big Ugly Tailgate coming up next. Casey Stuttered and Johnny Rogers on standby as uh, on a, a big day for Texas baseball. Five o'clock tonight. Uh, Texas baseball begins its super regional against Stanford in Palo Alto. Uh, the guys will be out there on the call. Craig Way, Roger Wallace. Uh, really excited to hear what uh, how see how Texas does this weekend. But we we do want to finish this this up real quick, Carl, with a couple of things. Can we talk about Rose for a minute? I think we should. We give just a little credit to what, how unbelievable she is already to um, to leave Stanford as the two-time women's golf national champion, um, back-to-back national championships for her, and then to go out and win her first event on the LPGA Tour is just, it's mind-boggling how how good she is and how good she's going to be for the LPG. You know how good it is? It's Ben Crenshaw-esque. Yeah. When your first event is a pro, you know, yeah. to, you know, like as, as you as you stated it, a, a, a 
two-time NCAA champion, a, a U.S. Amateur champion, Augusta National Women's Amateur, dominant, r- r- really one of the the already in her youth, one of the legendary figures of, of NCAA, NCAA history. I mean, ju- just one of the winningest players, one of the most dominant careers, uh, you know, enough to make Tiger Woods tweet. I'll leave it at that. Right? 10 of her 11 tournaments. That she won 10 of her 11 tournaments. This year. I mean, that's, that's, I, I don't even know how to put that in perspective. It's I think you just turn pro and turn the page. It's it, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it really is quite a legacy. And the LPGA is always going to need stars and always going to need personalities that, that people can turn to and say that this is this is the current generation. This is the era we're living in. I don't, and I think it's starting finally starting to feel that way on on the women's side. I I, I think there's so many good proving grounds now. Uh, the NCAA, what Augusta National has done to pr- to promote the the, the junior and, and the women's game, has really brought things along. You know, the game having gone global, I f- I feel like the, the LPGA is due for kind of a new star system. If you go all the way back to the Nancy Lopez, you know, Betsy King, Julie Angster days, we really haven't. You know, we've had some great stars, we've had some individual people that have been marketed well, but. I feel like between the Jennifer Cup shows and the Quarter Sisters and Rose Zhang, the LPGA, as we mentioned about the PGA Tour, just hasn't. It's been a long time since you felt really good and excited about the health and 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 what's coming for for the LPGA Tour. But can't say enough about Rose Zhang and her accomplishments. Either. She's going to get eyeballs on the product, and in the end, that is the the best thing that can happen for the LPGA Tour. Um, any final thoughts on? Here's the thing, Carl. We're just getting started with this. That's what's crazy about it all is this was probably the craziest week in the history of professional golf. I mean, since this since golf started, since we even had any of these things that we were able to do on the PGA Tour, this is by far or tour, as Rory says, the PGA right. Tour. Uh, I, I don't. this is as crazy as it gets. And I don't even think our minds have been blown yet. I think we still have so much more that's going to happen over the next few weeks and few months. As we talked about a year and a half ago, what is happening right now? This new live golf thing, like what's going on with it? This is a crazy thing on the tour. This week was a hundred times crazier than all of that. And, uh, and I, I just think we're in, we're in for some, some interesting, interesting days and months ahead. No, like you said, it, it's just begun to unfold. We we haven't gotten a fraction of of the takes, the speculation, the behind the scenes. I mean, there's going to be investigative reports. There's going to be questions asked. I mean, now we've got the live side of it. I mean, I, I'm in touch with some, some people who who obviously have players on the PGA Tour side, on the live side, you know, and they're 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 pretty. You know they don't have much to say. Their 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 jaws are still on the ground, and and they they they're just sort of soaking it all in. So, I if, there's nothing that could be definitively said. I mean, we don't know who the winners and losers are. We we, we don't know if, if guys are coming back to the PGA Tour. We don't know if Liv is going to be propped up, as you said. There's just so much that this changed. This was the week that changed everything in, in professional golf, and we're just going to have to take it beat by beat. I mean, that's that's all you can do. We're just getting started. Uh, getting that's started. that's a pretty crazy thing to think, but we are just getting started with all of this. Um, Carl, this hour went by way too fast. Really enjoyed doing it with you, though. 
and uh, look forward to seeing what comes in the in the next week as uh, as we continue to follow this story. Yeah, all we can do is buckle in and, and wait for the next crazy thing that we're texting each other about, and can't wait to get on the air and and and, and try to figure out. Because so I think it's going to be the process is trying to figure this out, trying to sense what's real and and what's you know way way so far over our heads we may never comprehend it, and or may never know the real story and. What's exciting and what's bizarre to me is we went a whole hour the week before the United States Open at L.A. Country Club, which which will be a historic event. But that's how long the shadow of what happened this week is. It is it, the biggest story got 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 overshadowed by an even bigger story. Just amazing. And so Rory wins next week, right? That's the only way this yeah. thing ends is Rory. How's that? How would that be? That'd be incredible. All right, uh, Carl. As always, enjoy it. Enjoy your insight and your perspective, and look forward to doing it again next week. I'm looking forward to it. I know it, I think it's going to go by fast these days, just like this hour when I, I think the next week is going to be so wild that it'll feel like tomorrow that we're talking about this again. I know it always does. All right. He is Carl Bickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. We appreciate you spending your hour with us talking golf. Big ugly tailgates coming up next. Casey Studdard and Johnny Rogers on standby to take you through all kinds of different sports. I'm sure they'll get into a little golf as well. All right. He's Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Blue. This is Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Go out and make a bunch of birdies, everyone.